You're listening to You Should Read This, a podcast where we discuss comic books. I'm Ryan. And I'm Alan. Hey. Hi. Well, I feel like that was a very NPR intro. I think that uh, we definitely got a little Ira Gloss on it right there. <laughs> all things considered. Uh, <laughs> this th- is You th- Should Read This Comics. There it is. Uh, so, hey, it's season two. We did it. We're, We're back. Still doing the show. We are. We took a, is it a hiatus or a sabbatical, would you say? What's the, what's the difference? I guess sabbatical is for medical reasons? Uh, no, I mean, a sabbatical can be for any number of reasons. I think we just took a break. It wasn't, like, hiatus, hi, is the, pl- I don't know what the plural of hiatus is. Hiatuses. Hiatai. I don't think it's hiatai. I think it's hiatuses. Yeah, it'd be way better if it was. Uh, those are typically longer, right? And sabbaticals are also long. Whereas we just took a break. This was just like summer. Summer break. We took a summer vacation. There it is. Summer vacation. And, and we went to Niagara. <laughs> we got, no. I went what? to... Grand Canyon? Hoover the, Dam. Hoover Dam. There it is. We Hoover took, Dam. We took and along tour. the way, we saw the world's biggest... Ball of twine. S- I was gonna, honestly, that was what I was going to go with, but I wanted to be arbitrary and say spatula. Uh, both of those are Weird Al references, so I'll allow it. Okay, uh, I'm okay with that. Yeah. So so we're back. Uh and we have a great season. Um I, I was gonna we say have we have a great season. We have a great season planned out for you, but that's a lie. We have no plan. Yeah, it's gonna be more of the same. It's gonna be us talking about comics. Uh I am we we are both recording sort of like in new uh uh environments. So we don't really know what the I don't I don't think we really know what the audio is gonna sound like at this point. Just because my garage is messier than it was when uh, I recorded? I was talking more about like your setup, which has, oh, right. you have a different like microphone setup. I have a new yeah. area and the same yeah, microphone setup. That's so exciting. So fun to hear. <laughs> you, you are listeners. You'd be like, ah, why does it sound so terrible? Oh, it still sounds terrible. Great. <laughs> yeah, the good news is it doesn't sound any, it can't sound any worse than it already did. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's not true. Uh, <laughs> But so yeah, hey, we're back, and that's enough about that. Let's talk about a comic book. Okay, what comic book are we reading, or did uh, we read? I decided let's jump in with something easy. Uh, no, I'm kidding. We're reading. Uh, we're reading a, a comic called Twentieth Century Boys. Um, it's a manga. It is written and illustrated by Naoki Naoki Urasawa. Naoki, uh, yep. he's, he's like you got it. Urasawa. See, he's like one it. of the kings. He's like. One of the manga ka, like top of his game, he's up there with Osama Tezuka in terms of like his influence on manga. He does. He's done a lot, a lot, a lot of very. Uh, I don't want to use the word heavy, but like important work, I guess. Um, if you can call comics important, which I mean, you can. Yeah, but. I mean, we can. I mean, I want to like. I'm trying to think of how. Um. Of like what the equivalent is in Western comics, and I don't have a good one. Uh, what as ones, far as artists go? Uh, well, I mean, because he's he's like a he's a double threat, right? He's artist and writer. Yeah, as, uh, as a mangaka usually is. Yeah, I mean, it's like like Bendis uh, in terms yeah, of okay. his influence it, in manga. Sure, honestly, I was gonna reach closer to uh, like a a Warren Ellis or like a Alan Moore or like a Grant Morrison. Yeah, I just didn't want to go there because 
Well, okay, take out all the problematic stuff, but like we're talking about like sheer like level of influence. Sure, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, like a, a like a Neil Gaiman kind of a situation. Yeah, that's there a good one. That's, that's a good, much that's better a good one. one. It's easy. Everybody loves Neil because <laughs> all he does is like stand around and and or he sits around and uh, and writes things. That's all he does. I've never seen him in any other, uh, any other article other than Neil Gaiman to write, and then what he's going to write or based on thing written by Neil Gaiman. Yeah, or based on thing by Neil. Amanda Palmer on the other hand, that's that's something else. Uh let's yeah. Okay. <laughs> Moving on. Uh so yeah, 20th Century Voice. Um this is a book that uh several people that I know in person have recommended to me. Um but I never really it took me a while to get into it because uh it's actually hard to find. It is not available digitally. At least as far as we can find. And yeah, no, it's, I, it's Viz Media has license in the United States. They have a fantastic app, and it's really easy to read tons of Viz Media comics um, on your phone or iPad or your, you know, whatever screen you use. But 20th Century Boys is not there. Uh, I think it's a. I think it's it's Urasawa, his deal. But this book is like this massive, like twenty-two volume. It's a twenty-two generational. Yes, yeah, it's twenty-two volumes. I reread volume one. Oh wow! Okay, I was because I knew it was volume one. I mean, I mean, if you're new to the show, by the way, uh, we read trades and uh, and volumes and uh, graphic novels uh, specifically. So we're never going to read like a single issue. We'll read the first six issues or something. So this is the first seven chapters. Manga works a little bit differently. Um, but holy wow, there's 22 volumes of this. Yeah, I mean, it, in that sense, it's kind of like not nearly as long running as some of the other manga we've read. Like, it's no JoJo's, right? It's no JoJo. It's no like One Piece. But still, I, the amount of work and effort that went into these seven chapters. It's also not. Um, I mean, in in certain like shonen uh, uh, manga, you can get away with not drawing backgrounds. You know what I mean? <laughs> like this book is is considered, I think, a masterwork because of its writing, its its story, and its art, like all together. And so to to pull something off uh, of that caliber for twenty two volumes is uh, astounding. <laughs> yeah, it's it's fully fleshed. Yeah, like this is. What what about uh what about Urasawa by the way do we have a uh, do we have a quick bio do you have a, a couple little snippets about him as a guy, um sure he uh is a really well known mangaka manga writer he um he's won like all of the manga awards that anybody could win uh like no joke he's he's like legendary um he wrote a book called Pluto. That's uh, pretty well known. A book called Monster, also really not, well known. Pluto, by the way, um, is sort of like this modern, very dark mystery story retelling of Astro Boy. Uh, and it's really good, but it's also like kind of a bum out. But it, but it's still really good. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, I think called... he he, co- he collaborated with Tezuka on that one. Yeah, with the credits. Well, it's, it's technically like. Based on a work by Tezuka, and he worked with a writer, Takashi Nagasaki. Oh, okay. Um, I've also... been honestly, I've been wanting to bring that like to oh, the show. Yeah. We should, we should. I read the whole thing once. It's good. It's really like deep. Nice. 
Um, we should uh we should i mean i think at this point you and i are sort of like on a manga kick to the point where i almost didn't want to read this because i'm like we're reading too much manga we gotta read other stuff it's it's 2019 we can read whatever we want i i mean i know that as a as a certified weeb i'm uh all about uh reading more manga i don't like that word um if if you our <laughs> listeners think we're bringing too much or not enough manga uh you can talk to us on the internet uh, wherever internet goods are sold. I honestly have nothing better to do, so go for it. Twitter, um, Instagram. So uh, all that Viz, stuff out at the end. Viz Media is uh, is publishing this one, which, as you said, is a little weird that we can't find it digitally because Viz Media is, I mean, next to Kodansha at this point, which has sort of been getting bigger, um, like the the main distributor of manga in the U.S. as as official and official translation. They're huge. They have like at comic-con they have like a marvel sized booth yeah it's always huge every year it's one of my favorite booths to go to if we ever yeah. go back to comic-con it's <laughs> pretty fantastic um but but yeah that's so i don't know they just maybe i mean for a really long time you couldn't get like bob dylan or the beatles or led zeppelin music digitally so maybe it's the same sort of thing i mean i would imagine like somebody uh along the lines of urasawa probably doesn't i mean he probably made all of his contracts so long ago that, well, he probably uh, also can say like, "Nah, I don't." People should read comics on paper. <laughs> we should do some research into that, I guess, before talking about him in uh, such a staunch way. I mean, my understanding is that this one is not published digitally on purpose. That's that's what I have heard through the grapevine. He had a uh, art installation in L.A. Uh, last year oh, too. Oh yeah, I've heard about it. Yeah, I had some friends that went and took a bunch of pictures, and it's just like life-size cutouts of all of his characters and like. Um, original Bristol board and all that other stuff. Oh man, that's the kind of thing you stare at and just your mind melts. That's crazy. Uh, so this book was serialized from 1999 to 2006 in a manga production called Big Comic Spirits. Woo! Which just sounds wonderful. Does but it have the Japanese name there too? It doesn't. Uh, but I can oh. click on it. I don't. I don't speak Japanese. No, but uh, I always like the, it's called Big Comic Spirit, Spirits, or it's got like uh, some Japanese name. Uh, that, the like, Japanese name is, is just like a, a Japanese transliteration of the English. Oh, okay, fine. It's literally like Bigu Komiko Spiritsu. <laughs> All right, that's good too. I'm, I'm <laughs> looking at it. Uh, and the, the picture on, for the 2007 cover, um, or the June 2007 cover on it, on Wikipedia has a uh, a gravure idol who is very scantily clad. Uh, of course. So it's that kind of book, book for for discerning teens. Yeah. Well, weird how that works, I guess. But yeah, this book is um. So let's let's talk about the book. You want to talk about the book? I feel yeah. Like you want to do uh? You want to do elevator pitches? Yeah. Yeah. Um. Sure. You want me to go first? You want to go first? Yeah. I'm I'm curious. All right. Um. This book is um, sort of like. Half of a kids on bikes tale and half of a being adult is the worst tale, uh, kind of investigating the intersection of the two as this grown up realizes that some dumb thing he did as a kid with his friends is having effects in his now adult life. I like that. I'm, I'm going to go with um, it is a cross between stand by me and uh Oh man, I had it and I lost it. Um, um, not Stranger Things. What's the? Oh, Twin Peaks. It's like it's like Stand by Me and Twin Peaks crossed together, uh, with a little bit of Lost thrown in. 
um and it and it time skips oh that's that's good those are those are both really good call outs because um the the twin peaks thing is definitely part of the like the mundane world is still super weird which this book definitely deals with and then um what what was the other one you just said not stand uh, by me uh, stand oh, by me no lost because oh lost. The, yeah, yeah. the like story gets told in the flashbacks mm-hmm. where it's like some something happens and you're like oh well that was who cares and then the flashback happens and you realize oh that thing that just happened turns out to be super meaningful because of this thing in the past so far the way that like volume one goes uh it feels a little bit like the setup to a black mirror episode <laughs> um i like i wish we could just like stop people making references to the black mirror in the real world like i feel like a day doesn't go by where someone's like oh this is like a black mirror episode it's like oh did your phone make a noise oh i, get I don't it. i don't i haven't actually watched the show so i should probably shush no, that's fine. You work in the tech industry. It makes sense that you would hate people that don't also work in the tech industry. I I also <laughs> I don't I don't have any sort of home automation stuff besides like a timer that turns on my lights. I guess I, I don't even missed. have that, Ryan. I have I to don't. manually turn my lights on. Do you know how that makes me feel? Fine. I feel like a luddite. I feel like I'm feel a safe. third world country. Like if, if the AI takes over, you at least can still turn your lights on. Every <laughs> yeah. so often, I have a nest. And every so often, my air conditioner just turns on, and I'm like. It's already cold in here. What's going on? And it's like, oh, I decided that 50 is the new temperature. I totally I don't, forgot that I don't we have, have a nest. Those, I don't have one of those like Alexa listening bots. I don't want to give Jeff Bezos everything that I think. Yeah, he's just going to, I guess, put it in a pile of all the other things that he has. And then just um, Okay, it. moving forward. So yep. let's do, since we've done elevator pitches. Yeah, you, let's you did, do, oh, yeah, we both did an elevator pitch. Yeah, uh, let's do uh, like a quick uh, run through. Like, you know uh, let's introduce some characters because I happen to have a list right here. Oh yeah, it's got and... a good intro. Well, well, one thing before we get into the characters that I kind of missed in the elevator pitch: this book is soaked in like '60s and '70s rock and roll references. It it's just like the title is from a T Rex song, uh, the song "20th Century Boy." Um, it's got tons of Dylan. I mean. Rolling Stones. I think it's the first volume. Yeah, Rolling Stones. First volume is the kid hears rock and roll for the first time and is like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be a rock star. Yes? Uh, yep. I mean, and then you proceed, him, proceed to watch him not become a rock star because that's the kind of book this is. I'll, I'll, I'll wait to ask you how that felt, Alan. Uh, oh, yeah. Thanks. <laughs> nice. Sorry. Just, just twisting the knife there right before your birthday. Um, yeah, you know. So... Uh, let's do the thing that you just said we should do. I'd be happy to do that. Okay, uh, let's do that. I'm gonna hit a couple just main characters here. Uh, the first one being uh, Kenji, who's the protagonist of the story. As a child, he dreamed of becoming a hero who would one day defend the earth and bring about peace. He's sort of like the main guy that you follow. Um, out of the group of friends, like I said, sort of stand by me style. It's the one that focuses uh, on him the most. Uh, then he has a another friend named. Uh, Yoshisune, uh, one of the group, remains a friend of Kenji's in adulthood. Um, oh, Keroyon uh, got his nickname Froggy because he looks like a, and it has a question mark, because the joke is that he looks like a frog. Also, the funny thing is in Japan, um, they don't say ribbit, they say Kero. Uh... Kero, 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 Kero. Um, you have uh, Monchen. One of the group works overseas, but later comes back to Japan. He's only in like uh, one chapter, I think. Uh, and then Maruo, uh, close friend of Kenji's, both then and now. So he follows them through. And then Donkey, 
one of the kids in Kenji's group of friends. Uh, he comes from a poor family, is a very fast runner, and he later becomes a science teacher, which is important because he actually becomes like a main plot service uh, device. Um, and the last kid's name is Ocho, a knowledgeable boy. Together with Kenji, he leads their group of childhood friends who you sort of get glimpses of, but doesn't focus on as much. It doesn't seem like he's there in the, um, in, in the later times when it jumps from like the late 60s, early 70s up to, uh, up to the, was it the late 80s, I guess? And, uh, and yeah, so that's the main group of kids. And uh, the other, like, I guess the weird thing is that when Kenji gets older, his sister uh, comes by and just drops off her kid. So he's running the family business of the liquor store turned convenience store because it makes more money that way. Uh, and the sister just drops by and says, uh, sorry, I'm in a bind. I need to, I need you to watch my kid. And they're like, uh, we haven't seen you in a very, very long time. And now you have a kid and now we have to take care of it. But he ends up doing that and becoming very protective of the kid whose name is, uh, Kana, just like a baby, just like a baby that goes, da, you know, yeah, everyone's like a, well. like a one-year-old. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't, I don't know if it says, but no. And he lives with his mom. Um, he runs the store with his mom. I don't know if he lives with his mom. I'm sure that's implied though. And then, yeah, and the store, it's not like a very successful store. No, it's a tiny little like Quickie Mart style. I think it's called King Mart, where the customer is king is what he says. That's kind of a bummer. It is. But uh, all of his other friends uh, sort of grew up in the same area. So with the exception of the one guy that like uh, uh, apparently lives in Germany, um, his other friend runs the, um, uh, the noodle shop and the other one runs a... Um, uh, a hangout for young girls <laughs> like he like a like a like a kawaii shop um so they all like they all work in this uh market district together and ended up like owning shops yeah it's kind of it's kind of funny um so what do you how do you want to break down the plot because i feel like it's going to be i mean it, it's a little weird uh because it jumps around so much um i'm going to be honest with you like i read it uh a little bit ago we we didn't have this one digitally so we literally like passed the manga from one to we did the have other. to pass the hat yeah yeah okay and, well and then we're i'll, not, I'll we're take not over physically co-located right now <laughs> um i mean so like broad swaths of the plot are like one of the first things i remember from it is where he sort of like discovers rock and roll and decides to become a, a rock and roll musician right um i thought that that was pretty cool like it's but for some reason, like I, both of us really like music and really like comics, and I think we've both read a lot of comics that deal with music, and it's always like it's always really interesting to see how they do it, because I feel like I feel like prose books generally don't do, they they kind of shy away from like giving a lot of strong details about how music is, but for some reason there are a lot of comics that are like you know what we're gonna represent this form that's literally only like this art form that only exists in your ears on a thing where your ears can't touch and you just have to imagine what it sounds like. But like offhand, I can think of, you know, half a dozen music comics that I love. Um, but I thought this one did it really well. Um, it helped that I knew some of the songs that they were referencing. I mean, he doesn't, they're not worried about copyright at this point. Like they talk about Rolling Stones. Jumping Jack Flash is like one of the first songs that they hear on the radio as kids. And then when it jumps forward uh, to watching him sort of like grow up and, and learn to play guitar and 
become a college dropout and fail to fail to make it in any sort of band. He's playing Jumpin' Jack Flash sort of over and over and over again. So you can sort of run it through uh, the back of your head while you're reading. Or you can do what I do and literally just pull it up and, <laughs> and listen to it while you're reading. Um, you can... I, the whole thing that I got out of that was it felt a lot like the transitional scenes in Forrest Gump. You know what I mean? Like, it was important to show the time, the era, like, the culture. And to do that through music is just so much easier. You know, you, you play a song and you show somebody walking by in that era's, uh, in that era's uh, clothing trends. And, like, that's how, you, that's how you date something. Yeah, it's like um, shorthand. Like, boom, now you know what we're talking about. Exactly. It's like you, you know exactly what's happening. So the, the music in this one is, is uh, a set piece as much as the, the field that they play in um, which is like an empty field on a, on an abandoned piece of farmland. It seems like um, that's where they create their secret base where they take a bunch of grass and weave it together. Yeah. It's like a grass igloo. Yeah. And, and that's where they listen to the radio and, and load it up with uh, manga. And it's sort of like their little kid hideout. I think they're supposed to be, I want to say like 10 at that point, like a little bit younger, maybe. Yeah. It seems reasonable. I mean, it seems like my kids are around that age. seems like something they would do. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, and so f- if we ever let him out of the house <laughs> and so from there, uh, you see him grow up and then he's dealing with his sister's kid and he's running this store and he's trying really hard to, you know, sort of just like make ends meet. And he finds out one of his friends has died. Um, and this, this happens on the heels of finding out that one of his, uh, one of his patrons has also died. And so there's like this sort of string of murders where the connecting element is a symbol of a like a hand pointing up with a finger with like an eyeball. Very like very sort of Illuminati. Um, And the only other clue you get is one, a woman that wakes up in the middle of the night to apparently a sound, which then produces some sort of shadowy monstrous figure that's like four stories tall. And that's the only time you see or hear anything about that. And then another, uh, it flashes back, uh, or I guess it flashes around. It doesn't give it time. It's a little um, um, achronological uh, when it introduces uh, somebody called The Friend. So The Friend is, uh, is, for all intents and purposes, like a cult leader. He's got people uh, like following him and, um, oh, The Friend says this. We're all friends. Like, you're our friend. And he may have psychic powers, or he's bamboozling them. Yeah, not entirely sure which. Yeah, they kind of they kind of play that one real close to the, real close to the like. Well, it could be it could be fake, right? Like they like the the art and the writing of the comic definitely do not give that away. Considering we just read um, Akira, or I guess not just read, but read it a couple months ago, um, this definitely has that same sort of. Uh, modern, urban, uh, I don't know what else to call it, like, like weird. Like, I use Twin Peaks specifically because it's just a little off-putting in an otherwise normal setting. Um, and it definitely has that feel. So when, when I say, like, that the friend, you know, that this, this cult leader may have psychic powers, it just reminds me a lot of, uh, of, of Tetsuo, you know? Yeah. Like, I, I he may that. actually have psychic powers. Yep. But but I feel like I feel like it's whereas Akira is very I don't know sensational like it's exciting and very clearly science fiction like 
a lot of this book is just kind of people walking around being like, what's going on? And I think that's one of the things that I really liked about this book. And um, it was the fact that the main character, Kenji, is the only, is the only person who hits all of the, um, the, the main threads, like the main points of the book. Um, he's the one that sees the symbol. He's the one that's aware of both of the deaths. He's aware. Uh, he's the only one that remembers certain things from childhood. Seems like the rest of his friends are sort of like, oh yeah, I totally forgot we did that. But he's the one that's recalling all of this because he's the one that's hitting each of these things. So since he's the main character, you're following along with him and piecing it together as you go. And because nobody else is involved or he doesn't have the ability to prove any of the stuff that he's thinking, like, oh, I think this symbol, like, I remember the symbols from our past. It has to do with this group. I think, and, and it's related to, it was like a college student that he tracked down. And the, the group of college students were all wearing the symbol on their t-shirts because they said their friend, like, gave it to them. And, uh, and he's the one that's, like, putting all this together. So it makes him seem, I mean, for lack of a better term, it makes him seem a little insane. Like, he, like he's losing his mind as he's coming across all of these things. Um, he, doesn't, he doesn't actually... Like he's gonna have a board with a bunch of different pictures on it connected with string somewhere. Mm-hmm. Exactly. At some point. Not yet. Like by by the end of the first volume, he's just like really starting to convince himself that he's not crazy. And and he's like really about to jump in and, and sort of start trying to connect the dots. But um it's a little it's still a little unsettling and a little weird because all none of his friends believe him. They're like, Oh, these are all just coincidences. He's like, No, they're really not. Um so it's fun to go through and, as the reader, follow along and, uh, and and sort of get that creepy vibe that he's picking up at the same time. Yeah, I really I really like the way the book is in a lot of ways a mystery, but not a mystery like a Sherlock Holmes so much as it is like a like it sometimes feels like the book is is just sort of saying like look we're giving you all of the clues you should be able to figure this out. Um, but obviously it's, it's not, and you can't, although I've heard that it's a very rereadable series. So I'd imagine that's probably part of it, which I don't know if I have the much time in my life to read a 22 volume series twice, but you never know. I mean, the cool thing about manga is even a full volume only takes you like an hour or so because you know, the panels are different and things like that. But, uh, I would say that, uh, as far as, um, re-readability goes I would I would not be surprised if because one thing that I obviously got out of it um then I'm, I'm how much are we spoiling I always forget like what are we what are we doing on this show are we spoiling stuff or no sure let's, let's spoil volume one it's fine one of the things that you get is that the the friend the cult leader is definitely somebody from that group yeah of the kids pretty sure it's uh I know who it is but uh, I'm I'd be I, super unsurprised if they said, "Oh, it's not who you think it was." Um, and uh, uh, but the point is that um, the rereadability means that you can go back and see all the the things planted, uh, and then go, "Oh, dang, I didn't see that before because I was I wasn't aware of of it being a thing." I did catch on to everything that they were talking about playing their game and reading their comics. I think there was a uh, um, like, oh, we said we're going to protect the world and we're going to keep peace. And, oh, here's a drawing of a giant robot I did. And at the very end, they reveal, like, somebody's building a giant robot that looks like that. 
and it's 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 really interesting because you're like oh shoot whoever is doing this and it's probably a part of like it's one of the kids uh grown up it's like whoever's doing this is like using it and so they have all the pieces that's like prophetic and you got to figure out like what's happening next um because i'm really wondering how far does this whole setup phase go and like past volume one how, what volume do you need to get to before things start like literally popping off and kenji has to like <laughs> track down and kill his old friend who like may or may not have psychic powers i don't know where this is going i i'm I, this is my first time reading this but uh i think it'd be really fun and, and weird to read through that um heel turn yeah i've only got i've only gotten through volume three but i'm currently borrowing up to volume six uh so i might sit down and read some more right after this sorry those of you in podcast land you don't get to read more with me <laughs> i mean i don't know maybe we can hey, we'll figure something out maybe on the back end maybe if we eventually ever run out of things to read we'll go back and revisit stuff there you go or we'll just we'll just live stream me reading it oh like a story time no no it's just me silently just reading the book and at the end i'm like wait did you want me to read that out loud oh man like a 10 hour loop of just ryan reading comics and uh <laughs> sipping tea <laughs> Like in front of a in front of an oscillating fan, so it's ASMR too. Oh, that sounds that sounds fantastic. <laughs> Just on a ten hour loop. Hello, one million views. Easy. Now I'm gonna now I'm gonna make tea. Oh maybe you know what we could do is we could just loop we could create and then loop one lo fi song. Perfect. Oh yeah, I'll just I'll just uh I'll put it all together on my little uh on my pocket operators and have it playing in the background real quiet. There you go. <laughs> So, uh, uh, copyright, you should read this. You can't steal that idea. It's ours. <laughs> Patent pending. Um, what year did this run end? Uh, the run ended in 2006. Wow. Okay. So not that long ago. Yeah. But still pretty long. Yeah. It's 13 years ago. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, why? Sorry, Alan. It's, oh. yeah, it's kind of a while ago now. That's well, fine. It's definitely dated. There's no smartphones in this book. Uh, right. There's barely cell phones. Um. Yeah, there's cell yeah. phones. They talk to each other, but they don't text. There's not. They don't. Do they talk to each other on cell phones? I feel like I feel like there's some, like people call each other. I mean, they definitely do. Might be confusing it with something else I read earlier today. Um, but uh, but yeah, it, it definitely it definitely lives under that rule of hey, without cell phones, you can't just call anybody any any time. Um. And so it makes communication, it has to be face-to-face, which means certain characters are not getting information until they all get together again. Bum, bum, bum. Dun, dun, dun. Um, I'm still really confused about this giant shadowy monster that appears in the first chapter, and then neither it nor the woman that it associates with gets mentioned again. Yeah, they're telling the law game uh, with those. Yeah, it's really weird. Yeah. I one of my favorite things though is just the slice of life stuff. <laughs> just the standard. This is how today goes. Like we're like who you guys want to come out go out to ramen with me? Eh, I'm busy. Eh, had a long day. Like yeah, eh, I mean maybe next time. The point is that they're all friends, but they're not great friends. Yeah, it's it's it felt very, very real being a thirty something adult in America right now. Like. I am very familiar with having friends who are not great friends. I'm sitting right here, right? Uh, don't take this personally. I'm not talking about you. 
he'd text all the time. <laughs> um, but but for reals, like it's, it's one of the things in the book that really keeps it grounded is how often he's just like, ugh, work is dumb, life sucks, this is terrible. Yeah, and you can tell in the very first chapter that he's not stoked on his job. And the fact that uh, the store changed from a liquor store to a convenience store, his mom's not happy about because they, they built that to be specifically a liquor store. And then when it wasn't making enough money and he had to sort of branch out, she's like, I'd rather let it go under than change it into something like this. <laughs> well, because I think that they, they're like franchising it. So it's not like King Mart or whatever isn't theirs. They have to pay to be part of the King Mart brand. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. But I mean, there's also that pride of small business ownership. Totally. Um, is there anything else that like you can remember that really pops out uh, as far as the story goes? Because honestly, it's just such a it's such a, a spiral of a story, and you just you just follow it down and down and down and down. Um, can you think of anything that like really pops out to you? Um, I really liked a lot of the kid segments, um, just because it feels like like pretty authentic, like idiot kids doing dumb stuff. Yeah, there's like the war game that they play against. Um, well, the, the trans, I mean, here's the thing about translation, right? You get as close as you possibly can. Um, but the, uh, the frog kid is named Frog Doom. Yeah. And that's like his, uh, his supervillain name. And then uh, the rest of them play as the uh, Righteous Ninja Brigade. Yeah. It's, and they're it's sort like of a like, Sentai kind of a. Oh, yeah. That's what it seems like. And then they're playing style. this game of like tag, essentially, where they shoot each other with BBs and they have to count to 10 before they can get back up again. That's, I mean, that's, um, we try to do that with uh, my son's birthday party with Nerf oh, guns. Yeah? yeah, like, oh, you gotta, if you get hit with a Nerf gun, you gotta sit down and count to five. And like two kids came over and told me, Mr. Ryan, there's another kid. He didn't sit down when I shot him in the face. And I was like, okay, it's, it's fine. Just <laughs> uh, enact justice, child. Chase him down. Make yeah, him I'll obey like, the rules. Shoot him in the face more. They had, <laughs> they, had, they had safety glasses, just to be clear. All right. Well, a bunch of nerds, I guess. It was fun. No, we bought... Back in my day. We bought the safety glasses just so that we didn't get in trouble. That's fair. And they looked like sunglasses, so win-win. It was it, party favorite. Pretty dope. We could have just bought sunglasses. No, but the safety glasses are safety glasses. Oh, so they don't, like, pop up or, like, down behind the lenses? And they're, like, rated. You can, like, hit them with stuff and they'll survive. Oh, they were a dollar a piece on Amazon. <laughs> More, yeah. You don't want to give uh, these boats all your money. They're Nerf guns. Yeah, it's not like well, they I were. Mean, it's not like they were the high-powered Nerf guns. They're airsoft. Uh, well, I I've always wanted to mod a Nerf gun. That's on my list of things to do. I have, in my experience, modding a Nerf gun is pretty cool, and then it breaks. Well, yeah, because it's not intended to do that. Yeah. But if uh, you if you want one, I have like literally dozens of Nerf guns at my home. Come yeah, we should one do that and mod because I only have one. I don't know if I want to mess it up. No, you can have. This it. is I don't know if anybody cares about our uh, our Nerf gun uh, tendencies. I have so, so many Nerf guns. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, so, but back to the book. Um, what about you? What, what what stuck out to you as as uh, stuff that you liked about it? Um, I mean, the kid parts were good. I honestly just liked uh, watching Kenji sort of try to gather all the pieces and unravel it. And also just kind of be a bad adult. Like, he just... He's he's not a graceful, smart, or well-spoken dude. And he does his best. as he, He's sort of, like, embroiled in this, I mean, conspiracy, I guess. And he just keeps, like putting it together so slowly. Like, this isn't your typical manga where, like, the main character goes, huh? You know, like, and uh, I've got it. I know what it is. Um, and he rushes off and, and saves the day. This is very much like, 
oh man, I really feel like I should remember this. And then like you get the flashback. So the reader knows what's happening. And Kenji's like, I don't know, I guess I'll figure it out later. And you're like, ah, oh, you idiot. It's this. Um, let's talk about the art because we haven't gotten there yet. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk about the art. I mean, it's um, one of the things that I was most impressed by was the fact that he could draw kids and then adults and you could tell which one was which. Yes. Like I, like how? Uh, mostly body proportions. Like with kids, you just make their head one third of their body, and boom, you have a kid. <laughs> I know, but I mean, like the they're not the same faces, but you can still tell like which one is which. He does a really good job of taking specific. Because I was thinking that same thing while I was reading it, um, and I'm like, how is he doing this? And I, I was looking at it, and I basically found that he takes um, in, in the same way that your nose has always been your nose. He'll do the same thing. So like, uh, uh, Carrion, the the frog kid, has the same mouth just made bigger when he's an adult and like all of the all of the the ways he looks kind of funny as a kid character and then when he gets older it's just a caricature of the kid character so he has like the same mouth and the same eyes but the eyes are sloped down so he has a bigger forehead you know what i mean like and then the proportions the proportions are different and uh and like um kenji's whole thing is that he has this uh like upper lip situation going on like he's the only one that has an upper lip i guess uh and and a, like a little bit of a uh, pointy chin and nose but really it's just like the mouth shape and the eye shape and you keep those and you put it on uh, put it on like a skinny adult and boom it just looks like kenji so it's it's really really cool though you're right it, it, it's sort of like to get that aging feel between kids and adults and have it feel like the same character is super impressive not to mention like on it for me um when it comes to especially like master manga cause like like this and and tezuka um i i love the um the screen tone work like screen tone work is is something that i've i've really been wanting to work on more and more and more since just seeing it used so masterfully in in its gradients against blacks with like i mean they'll put the screen tone down and instead of um cutting it they'll they'll put it down and then they'll just take like a, a like an exacto knife and scrape it and so the scrapes become like wind or blades of grass or like it's just like the absence of the thing creates the thing and oh man like black and white like uh grayscale art is is that's why it speaks to me so much is like the ability to create all of that stuff just from like the absence of other stuff if that makes sense yeah oh it's unbelievable the the level of detail they get from hints from like or that he gets from just like gestures is is ridiculous like it's and it's this is this is one of those mangas that's also like like how 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 did he do this this it reminds me of uh otomo just in the fact that he is very detailed it's different it's not like draftsmanship perfect art it's definitely like it it definitely feels very much more by hand but there's so much of it that's just like you didn't have to draw all those bottles on the shelf. Like you didn't, you could have just said like, like drawn the hint of a couple of bottles, but no, you drew all the bottles. And like the same with the grass and stuff. Check this out. Like, let me see if I can see if you can see this. This radio. Let me see. Can you see that? Yeah, and you can see all the stippling. Yeah, like the stippling on that radio screen is insane. Like that's probably screen tone. I get that, but like. The way that it's angled and and executed, especially with like little cutouts to show like the type of radio it is and then the knobs, like that's still like so much. And then there's this scene. Hold on, let me see if I can find it. 
with the machinery. There it is. Check this out. Can you see that? Oh, yeah, where it's just crazy overdrawn, almost like a Alita level. Yeah, it's so much. And different light, lo- it, like the lighting on it is perfect, and um, it's all straight lines. It looks like rusted. And good, man, it's, it's so crazy. Um, the just level, like, with all the faces being essentially just very simple caricatures of normal human faces, um, with the backgrounds and the environments being so detailed, is a contrast. When you contrast the two, it seems a little jarring, but it, he makes it feel like it all belongs together. Yeah. Oh, man. It's, it's really good. The fact that the faces, like, not just the face, like, there's no same face. Everybody's head has got a different proportion. Everybody's got a little bit of different haircut. Their their nose is a little sideways, like, the way people's noses are. Like, it's, they're, it, like, almost I'm going to be like, come on, show me. You, you took, you have pictures, and you have pictures of these people as kids, and you just traced them. Like, these are your childhood friends. And they afterwards were like, dude, what the heck? But no, I think it's just that he's, good at it yeah being good at it is probably part of it yeah i would imagine (laughs) but yeah the art in this is fantastic and it's like when you ask kind of like what makes a a tezuka or urasawa better than like uh anybody else that's that's in it like an oda for example is doing one piece and the answer is not much to be honest like everybody has their own style especially manga like one of the whole things about uh that, that makes like a manga or um yeah we'll just i was gonna say anime but also but let's just stick to manga like the thing that makes a manga stand out is always its art style like so many different mangakas have such drastically different art styles like when we talk about western comics right we talk about house style like i think you and i bring that up a lot um a house style adhering to a specific look and feel to create that superheroism or that that marvel or that dc look um when it comes to manga it's all just this guy's got a really big nose because that's his character <laughs> this guy has nothing but a chin and two eyes you know it just that, that's just how manga characters work and that's that's part of it and um it's part of its charm and, and part of what really makes it work uh so uh final thoughts on this book Man, I really want to read more of this book. It looks like I'm going to have to drop some cash for it. <laughs> not even like, it's, it, it can't even wait until Comixology puts it on sale if it's not on Comixology. Um, so, uh, library. <laughs> library is definitely an option. I'm, I'm fairly confident that the Orange County Public Library System has at least one copy of this. Yeah, but I've said it before and I'll say it again. I like having things to show off to. I know. If I'm going to own one, I'm going to own the rest of them. I know, but you just moved, so surely a little part of you is like, don't buy more things. That's absolutely true, except by moving, we did a big garage sale first, so I now have extra space on my comics uh-oh. shelf. Uh-oh, uh-oh. <laughs> Wait, you sold great. comics and you didn't tell me? You didn't say No, hey. it sold other stuff that was also on the shelf taking up space. Oh, okay, like textbook. Yeah, like a bunch of like old textbooks or, or like where the red fern grows or whatever. There you go. That's it. There you go. Read a book that's going to make you sad. <laughs> nobody's coming over to my place and be like oh, you read where the red fern grows you must be very intellectual yeah we all had to read it in fourth grade exactly um so yeah what about your final thoughts um i really like this this is one of those where like i i every time i'm reminded about it, i'm like oh i want to read the whole thing like 
I really like it and I care about the characters, but there's a big part of me that's just like, I need to get all of it. I need to know what happens. Like I need the plot to be resolved. This is, yeah. If, if I'm not going to buy it all and read it all, I'm just going to read the wiki because I need closure. <laughs> yeah. It's too late now. It's, it just wouldn't be satisfying enough. Oh, of course not. There's no way the wiki could do the justice of 22 volume. That's true. That's true. Uh, okay, Ryan. So, hey, do you think you should read this? Uh, yeah, I think you should read this. I also think you should read this. Boom. Podcast over. We did it. Yay. Um, so let's, uh, let's do the thing. So you can talk to, you can listen to us. You're listening to us now. If, if you're listening to me, ta- wow. Thank you. So thank impressive. you for listening to us. There thank it is. you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, thank you for listening to us. Uh, you can reach out to us on Twitter at YSRT comics on Instagram at you should read this comics. Uh, we post things on our stories and Instagram. We post stuff on Twitter. I retweet a lot of comics, uh, news on Twitter. Um, and, and then we personally are on the internet, Alan. Yeah. I'm at uh marginally talented, uh, M R G N L Y talented. I think it's still, I mean, so I changed my name on Instagram to just now actually spell out marginally talented. Yeah. I, that I tried to tag you in something and I started, I just typed M R G and it didn't come up and I was like, what the heck? Did Alan block me on Instagram? Oh, okay. Okay. So you can find me at marginally talented. I don't even have to spell it anymore. I can just say it. Yeah. Just the words, the phrase. Yeah. So uh, that's where I draw things and I, and I put things that I draw. Yeah. They're good. Uh, I'm on Twitter and Instagram as Ryan Roop. That's R-Y-A-N-R-U-P-P-E. Uh, I tweet about uh, music some and um, I post pictures of food on Instagram. Like, let's be real. It's, it's mostly just Instagram stories of stuff that I'm cooking or like music that I'm listening to. Um, honestly, if you guys are a fan of quick 30 minute meals of stuff that you have lying around the fridge, you should follow Ryan. Hey, there you go. That's yeah, that's my bread and butter. Uh, although I guess my Instagram story today, I did a soldering project. So it's oh, also yeah, just general dad stuff. All right. Well, uh, let's get out of here then. And, uh, Hey, do we know what we're reading next week? Um, no, but we don't have to tell them that. No. Oh. All right. I guess we don't have to tell you that. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll figure it out. <laughs> Podcast over. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.